And that's what we call the digital sphere because those people are prospective referral sources, they're prospective buyers, sellers, and you may never meet them until it's time for them to actually engage with you, but they see you. And and that the the tactics and strategy of building that 40,000 for Nikki, um, and not that you have to have 40,000, but that sphere of, of people in the online world is different than what it takes to build the 100 or 200 people that you might know in your local community. You're listening to the Real Estate Sessions podcast, and I'm your host, Bill Risser, Executive Vice President, Strategic Partnerships with Rate My Agent, a digital marketing platform designed to help great agents harness the power of verified reviews. For more information, head on over to ratemyagent.com. Listen in as I interview industry leaders and get their stories and journeys to the world of real estate. Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode 340 nine of the Real Estate Sessions podcast. Uh, as always, thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for telling a friend. Back with a new episode after a couple of Real Estate Sessions rewinds. Thank you for allowing me the opportunity to run those past episodes because I get kind of busy with work. And and uh, But but I'm, I'm thrilled with our guest today. It's Russ Cafano. He is the CEO and president of Calabra Technologies. They're rolling out a a new product here called Sphere Builder. We're going to talk a lot about that, but we're also going to talk a lot about Russ's history, his past. This guy has done more in so many different verticals of the real estate space than anybody else I know. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the uh, UW Huskies, and we're going to talk about Sam DeBoard and his weird dichotomy with uh, UW and USC. So let's get this thing started. Russ, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Bill. Glad to be here. Yeah, I'm really excited. We, uh, this is a slightly delayed. I, I know I met you back in November of last year at NAR Annual. I think we were there was a one of those kinds of get-togethers at a at a Top Golf, and uh, you were there, and I was there, and we were able to have a nice conversation about what you're doing and what we're doing. Yeah, it's so funny. Uh, I know you've been in the business a long time, and and I as well. And you you have these. Uh, these orbits that intersect, and I think it took ours a, a little, little longer than uh, uh, we might have liked to intersect. But I'm glad it did. Yeah, I agree. It's 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 going to be fun to get your story. Um, I, I know a lot of it already from some research and from our conversation. So let's let's get the audience up to speed. the The first okay. thing is you you currently live you live in Seattle. Actually, I live I live in Redmond, so that you know we we actually I live in the Seattle area. I tell people Seattle, but um, my residence is actually Redmond, home of of Microsoft, and uh, uh, and people in Seattle, you know, there's um, we call ourselves the East Siders, um, and and I grew up on the East Side in Bellevue, uh, and and there really is a cultural differences between yeah. Seattleites, I mean, and, and East Siders. And there's, and you, you know, you say, are you a Seattleite or are you an East Sider? Um, and I'm an East Sider. Wow. And that, and that even applies, that applies to the state of Washington as well. Cause if you're going to take Spokane and compare that to Seattle, you can't even come, you can't do that. <laughs> Not even different. close. <laughs> Not even close. Yep. They're the, the East side of the state. <laughs> Uh, and, and the Western side of the state are yeah. very different as well. So, uh, lived here most of my, grew up here as a, as a child and thoroughly enjoyed my time. Although in my later years, um, I am, um, actively looking for a bit more sunshine. Ah, um, so, good, good yeah. call that, um, you know, I was born in San Diego. I was then lived in Phoenix for 17 years and now I'm in St. Petersburg, Florida. 
I'm all about yeah. following the sunshine. Yeah, I'm not going <laughs> north ever. <laughs> well, I think I think I would I would love to replicate your. Uh, I was born in San Diego as well, and okay. uh, I think you know the first few years of my life, I I uh, something happened in my DNA where I need I need sunshine, and I yeah. don't get nearly enough of it in the Pacific Northwest. So yeah. um, I'll be I'll be heading down in into your uh, latitude uh, shortly. Awesome. I want to ask you the question. I've asked a lot of guests the same question, so my listeners know this is coming. But um, Seattle's a very interesting place, and, and I and I always like to ask my guests, what's the biggest misconception, right? I mean, if, if I was going to answer that question, I would be like, oh, it can't be that dreary. <laughs> That's <Yeah>. a misconception. <laughs> But it, no, it really, it, it really is, it really is that dreary. Okay. So, um, but but the thing, that, the the misconception I would say is that it rains a lot, and and so when we when you look at literally, I am um, I, when I travel to other places and they ask where are you from Seattle and they say oh it rains there all the time. It's like well, um, and annual average rainfall in Seattle is less than New York City, um, and and that is a wow. it's like nobody would say if if you say which where is it rainy more Seattle or New York Seattle of course. Um, the difference is that we have more rainy days. Um, and so uh, it and and that leads to the the biggest the other thing, which is if if you carry an umbrella in Seattle, you are not a native. <laughs> Got it. and yep. and and uh, there was actually a, an article in the Seattle Times this last weekend about uh, some things that satellites do and don't. and and it, that was in the article. It's like people, here you don't get wet um it's it, it spits at you i mean yeah we have rainstorms and all that but um if you look at the number of rainy days clearly we have lots and lots and lots but it's more of a cloudy environment yeah. overcast environment marine environment as opposed to it rains all the time right um yeah the days of sunshine thing it's like denver has like one of the most the highest days of sunshine ever you'd never think yeah. that but, no, but when it does no. get cloudy it dumps right so yes. it's snow everywhere yeah yeah i like yeah. that um, I, I see that you are a, I'm going to call this a proud UW graduate. You're a Husky probably through and through, I would imagine since you grew up there and you went to school there. I am, I am, uh, I, I guess the two words, your know, rabid dog, um, <laughs> go together and I am absolutely a rabid dog fan. Um, I was fortunate when I went to school there, uh, I was uh, in a fraternity where there were a lot of, um, UW athletes and, and yeah. so really got engaged with UW athletics and love Husky football. Um, the basketball team is, um, we've had our challenges, yeah. uh, you know, but, um, uh, Saturdays in Husky stadium, um, in the fall, there is nothing like it. That's great. I love that. I, I think, you know, Sam DeBoard, he's uh, also a Seattle Seattleite mm -hmm. up there as well, yes. but he has yeah. an interesting story because he spent time at UW, but he also spent time at USC. Sam Sam is schizophrenic. I, he he posts these things and and I guess he's gonna now he finally gets to to have his his cake and eat it too because you know yes he's moving to the Big Ten and we won't be rivals anymore and sure. all that. So um, but yeah I I I've, I've seen this like Sam just let that go. Yeah. <laughs> it's just way too weird. Way too so right. Right. Uh, you you end up getting a law degree right from the UW School of Law. I think is if I have that right. That's and right. and in you you were you went into real estate right away, which I'll tell you what, f only about ten people I've interviewed on this podcast right out of school went right into real estate. There was always something first, and then they decided to become a realtor. How does that story work for you? Well, I actually, you know, I 
I actually didn't go into real estate. I went into the real estate industry and completely um, by accident. Okay. So uh, when I got out of law school, um, I actually went to law school because I wanted to be a sports agent. Um, I love oh. sports and grew up with sports. And that was that was my what I thought was my calling. And um, I wasn't good enough to be a professional athlete. So I thought I would hang around with them and and, uh, and represent them as, uh, as as their lawyer. Um, realized that that business has some shady elements of it that didn't really match my um, integrity levels. And so I, I, uh, during law school, I, I really got interested in real estate. Uh, and so when I got done, I, I never went to law school to be a lawyer. Um, and so I thought, well, what am I going to do? Cause I don't really want to be a lawyer. Um, uh, and, and I, I thought I was going to move to being a developer. I actually wanted to develop, um, uh, high rise hotel buildings. I thought that was really cool. I, I really, I, I love the the ambiance of hotels that they you know, people go there to be happy, uh, go on vacations and all that and and so I thought what a what a great thing to do to to maybe build some hotels um, and uh, and at the time late eighties interest rates were um, not good um, and uh, and so I got some really sage advice to say you know what um, probably a hard time to get into the development business. Why don't you go be a lawyer and, and, and represent developers? You know, at the time, there were a lot of developers that were needing some uh, workout help and bankruptcy stuff and things like that because it was not a good climate. Right. Um, and so I ended up joining a law firm uh, to do just that, to, to be a real estate lawyer. Um, and lo and behold, this law firm um, had, a, had a great real estate specialty, and and I didn't actually know it going in. But they also had a large presence in the residential real estate industry and were the legal hotline lawyers mm -hmm. for the Washington Association of Realtors. Okay. Right. So um, they the one of the partners was very active in residential real estate and, and organized real estate and associations and MLSs, et cetera. And um, uh, so I started and I got called into the partner's office one day and then he said, I got a great opportunity for you. And, you know, you know, when that comes, it's like, uh, OK, what's, what's the opportunity? And he said, uh, we want you to be the hotline lawyer. And it's like, what's the hotline? Uh, it's like, well, you know, realtors call and, and, you, and they have questions and you answer. And it's like, you're kidding me. Like, I, I, I want to represent developers and big build, big build, big buildings yeah. and all that. Yeah. And, and you're going to make me talk to a bunch of realtors and tell them, you know, this is something's not meshing. And, um, he, he gave me the best advice. He was, he was, he ended up being the best mentor in the world. Um, and he gave me the best advice. He said, he said, you will get your MBA in real estate law in a year. Uh, in this environment, and um, uh, and there's nothing like it, and and it's not forever, and so you know the guy that was doing it left, and we need somebody to to, to handle it, and and you're the guy. So I didn't really have a chance to say no, okay. um, and I took it on, and and he was right. I learned so much um, about the industry, and the other thing I learned is that I love the industry, that the the people in the industry, this group that would call me and I would I would take five to ten calls a day mm -hmm. from realtors around the state of Washington um, with every conceivable legal issue you could imagine. I've sold the house twice. I just discovered a dead body. What do I do? I mean, it, incredible yeah. stories. And the people were wonderful. They were glass half full, optimistic, 
wonderful people and I just fell in love with the industry and that led me down this path of uh, eventually representing um, you know the Seattle King County Association of Realtors and the State Association and multiple listing services and down this path I never thought I would go but for that um, scenario of landing at that law firm so um, that took me down a path to, to you know really started my career in the industry. Yeah, and that's that is you are one of a kind as far as the real estate sessions is concerned. Nobody <laughs> has has entered the world of real estate following that path. Uh, that's very <laughs> and, and I like I I love that. I think that s- seeing the issues and seeing the problems and helping people solve those problems is a great way to get a, a knowledge base that no one else really does until you know over time as an agent or. Or, or maybe in some other role, they just they they come across these. You were just rapid fire. This, yeah, this and, is what can and, go wrong. <laughs> and and many times I would get the phone call before the broker. Ooh. They weren't supposed they weren't supposed to do that. Right. I, we would always say, you know, did you talk, tell your bro- broker? That, well, I'm going to call. They're not answering their phone or whatever. But it's like, no, no, they they're not calling them. They don't want to have that conversation. So I I got these people in very vulnerable places, right? Yeah. They they'd made yeah. you know they they needed an issue. They're trying to keep a deal together. They made a mistake, whatever the circumstance, and just really got to to know the industry yeah. from a problem standpoint, and then and then really from a solution. What do I do? How do I how do I fix this? Right. Yeah. So I I got to kind of be a broker before ever you know um, fun- functioning in that in that role. Yeah, that's great. I. You know, I'm, I'm not going to spend a, a lot of time going through. You have an incredible resume. <laughs> I don't, I don't know of anyone who's who's had so many, um, so many irons and so many different fires. And and so I'll just rattle these off really quick. You you were a general counsel for John L. Scott, uh, president. You know, working with Glenn Sanford at EXP. Uh, you were a vice president at Move, which was you know the Realtor.com stuff. Uh, you are CEO of the Missouri Association of Realtors. So you did time with associations and probably by default MLSs. Uh, you you worked with Next Title as well, right? When helping probably helping them get launched and do the things they're doing. And now you're president and CEO of Collaborate Technology. And w- what we're going to talk about a lot is Sphere Builder. But I do you know anyone else that that can kind of rattle off title and escrow, um, um, uh, you know, portal associations, MLSs? brokerages. It's incredible. Well, I've been fortunate um, to have these opportunities. Uh, you know, I've, I, I, I do have a very broad um, perspective uh, around the industry because the industry multi, is multifaceted, mm-hmm. right? It's, it's what, it's what makes it so unique is that there's so many interconnected, I call it constructive tension that, you know, it's, it's yeah. good and bad, right? It, yeah. it, it, it really works well, but it also keeps the industry from kind of moving forward sometimes because yeah. it's so hard. Um, and I've had these opportunities to see it from these various different angles, uh, and and it's been great. I mean, some of these things have haven't lasted as long as I have wanted them to. Um, I'd love to go into Realtor.com, but I you know I I got hired by a CEO, and 120 days after I got hired by that CEO, he was gone, and a new CEO came in, and um, and it just became a different company. And so I I'm not one to hang around places where. Um, I don't see a great fit for me and uh, and and I don't see a great you know future and and I I don't connect with the soul of the organization um, for lack of a better word so you know would have loved um, uh, some of these things to maybe have gone a little bit longer but the bottom line is you know um, I, I I believe you view life um, you you live life through the the windshield 
but you view life and understand life through the rearview mirror. And I look back at my rearview mirror and, and it has led uh, me down a really interesting path. And, and I think I'm in a really good place today. Yeah. Let's talk about how Calabra came about. How did you get associated with, with that company? And, and then we're going we're gonna to talk about some of the cool things. Yeah. So, so after I, um, uh, you know, just a quick story. After mm-hmm. I left EXP, um, I um, uh, had, uh, and this, I, I, this might resonate a little bit with you, with, with your story as well. Mm-hmm. It took some time off. Um, this was late 2017. Uh, hadn't been to a doctor in a while. Went to a doctor and, and um uh, did all you know the typical blood tests and, and he says, well, you look pretty healthy, but your your PSA score is high. Uh, it's like, oh well, what's a PSA score and what does that matter? I say, well, uh, you should go talk to a urologist because I want him to check you out. So um, ended up, long story short, uh, getting diagnosed with prostate cancer mm-hmm. um, in uh, in in early 2018. The good news around that is that uh, I'm healthy today, five years later, awesome. and uh, had good treatment and. Um, and all that and got diagnosed early. And so for all the men out there, get your PSA tested. Very important. And I'll throw um, in, get your, get your colonoscopies as well. If you're due. You <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so I know that you have that, that history as well. Um, and, um, three months after I got diagnosed, my wife got, got, gets diagnosed with breast cancer. Wow. So, um, so 2018 was a year of, um, dealing with, uh, with, and she's healthy five years later. Awesome. Um, and, and all that. So, so we're, we are, we're blessed um, having gone through those experiences and coming out, you know, well on the other side. And, um, so took, took the year off literally just didn't right. do anything other than, you know, deal, deal with our, our challenges. And after I decided, so what am I going to do when, you know, I just, uh, I'd had, you know, a couple different really interesting, uh, experiences. Um, and as I started looking at other things after going through these cancer scenarios, uh, my wife and I looked at each other and said, we're not moving. We're, we're not, we're, we're, we're you know, we got, um, at the time, our parents were all in their 90s. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, my kids in Seattle, um, relatives. I mean, we're, we were rooted there, sure. um, and uh, uh, and and the opportunities of the level that I was would be looking for, um, you know, sort of C level type of opportunities. Yeah, I could have gotten work for Zillow, and and Zillow is a great company, but it really wasn't what I wanted to do. And um, so. Uh, I was looking for other things and I ended up um, getting connected to a local uh, a regional title insurance company next title mm-hmm. um, and um, uh, interesting growth opportunity. And so um, took over a, a role there and tried to help them grow and, and all that because I, I love building companies. That's, that's what I love to do. And um, realized after about a year at next title that um, it, really interesting business, but it was near, not nearly as exciting as some of the things I was doing before, um, right. specifically on the technology side uh, and directly being in the brokerage industry. And um, uh, and lo and behold, um, uh, this opportunity came, dropped on my lap um, uh, out of left field. It's like, well, uh, I, got, I heard that there was a technology company out of Spokane, Washington, that was looking for a new CEO. And um, I'd never heard of them before. And I think like, I know who all the players are. Who is this company? And so ended up um, getting introduced to a uh, recruiter for the company. And 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 it was, um, they described where they were, which was a longstanding technology company. Collabor really was the, was the merger between Tour Factory, which has been the business since the late 90s, yeah. the original virtual tour company, yeah. and a company called Proxio. Those two companies came together in 2018 to form Collabra. And I, I evaluated the opportunity. Um, the, the board was looking for somebody to um, come in, 
the business model, you know, the old tour factory model was um, essentially at a at a point where it needed to 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 be fixed. Um, uh, and, uh, and then the proxio model really hadn't worked. Basically, they said, look, we've got some great assets here. Um, we've got customers. We've got revenue. It's not a startup company, yeah. um, but we want you to make it a startup company. Nice. Um, and so I thought this is this is really cool. The, uh, I, I, I've got a great board. Uh, the, the chairman of, of our board is a former CIO at Microsoft. Some really smart, smart people behind us. And, and they basically gave me this canvas to say, what can you do with these assets and build a, a, a vibrant, um, a sustainable, um, exciting company? Um, and that was music to my ears. Wow, I was man. now going to be back into real estate at a time when, uh, you know, real estate is is just fundamentally changing in front of our eyes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the one thing that I think um, that really excites me is I'm a fan of the realtor. I mean, it goes back to my my legal days and being the hotline lawyer. I I, I love the real estate um, practitioner. Uh, I believe in the value proposition that the real estate agent brings to consumers. Um, I, I don't believe that that should be displaced. Uh, I do believe that there's a lot of competitive pressure in that world today that's going to just increase over time. Uh, and so, you know, the opportunity to build technology that helps realtors be better marketers, um, build longer lasting relationships with, with consumers um, and, and help them in uh uh, in a long-lasting way, uh, is a is a great job vision for me. Uh, let's let's talk about Sphere Builder directly. I know um, um, that you you've talked in the past about the fact that there are two spheres of influence that you see. Right, one is what we all think of, which is your friends and your network, your family, all those people that you're connected to. Uh, they're all in your phone. But then there's also this digital sphere of influence. Can you talk about you know what what how you see those? Yeah. Um, so, you know, you, you walk into a room of, of a bunch of agents and you talk about sphere and, mm-hmm. and they, they all know that word um, and they should because it's powerful. Right. Um, it's the people that that know, like and trust them in their local community. They, if they bump into them, you know, out in public, they can have a chat. Um, it's a circle of 100 to 200 people. That's all you can know, really, truly, in your in, in any sort of anybody's life. Um, and, and it's super important because that sphere generates repeat business, referral business, um, uh, the the best in, you know, in, in marketing, word of mouth marketing, WOM is the most effective uh, method of marketing because it comes with the seal of approval of the person making that referral. So incredibly powerful, right? Um, and especially when the other forms of marketing that has have gone on in the past, which is search marketing, have become more and more owned by the portals. I mean, you know, it used to be, uh, 20, 30 years ago, the Sunday paper and and the and the double truck ads um, were were a form of marketing, right? Um, the what well, you weren't trying to sell a home there, you're trying to get buyers to call you, right? Yep. Um, and and now you know that was owned by the industry. Well, the industry lost that, and and it's gone. It's gone forever. But they haven't lost their local community, and and um, and so at the same time, in between that has come social channels um, and the power of connectivity in a 24-7, 365 world that's always on. Um, And perfect example, yesterday I had a Facebook Live with uh, Nikki Beauchamp. Um, who do you know, Nikki? Nikki's awesome. Yeah, okay. yeah. Nikki's awesome, right? We featured her in a industry paper that we did around digital marketing, mm-hmm. uh, and I did a Facebook live with her. I mean, Nikki lives in New York City. 
um, she, uh, you know, she knows, uh, you know, typical 100, 150 people in that, that are sort of her, her, her local sphere of influence in the real world, in the real world, we call it. Yep. But she has 40,000 followers across LinkedIn and Twitter and, and, and Instagram and Facebook. And, and I asked her, I said, do you know all those people? She says, of course not. Right. But, but they follow her and, and they connect with her and, you know, they, they engage with her content. And that's what we call the digital sphere because those people are prospective referral sources, they're prospective buyers, sellers, and you may never meet them until it's time for them to actually engage with you, yep. but they see you. And and that the the tactics and strategy of building that 40,000 for Nikki, um, and not that you have to have 40,000, but yep. that sphere of, of people in the online world is different than what it takes to build the 100 or 200 people that you might know in your local community. Yeah, and that is what Sphere Builder does. So let's, that is correct. Yeah, let's talk about that product. So Sphere Builder and Sphere Index. Um, our 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 product is Sphere Builder, but inside Sphere Builder is is a is a really cool tool called called Sphere Index. And we launched these on March 20 in two launch markets, Denver, Colorado, and Huntsville, Alabama. Uh, and the 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 premise behind um, the Sphere Builder uh, and Sphere Index applications. Uh, we borrowed it from Credit Karma, um, and we we talk about Credit Karma as a as an analog for the application. And for those people who have used Credit Karma, you know. And if you don't, you should because I think it's it's a great tool. Um, but you go in and you get your credit score, and your credit score is what it is. Uh, and and then um, you know unless it's 850, which for most of, of us, it's not 850, right? It's something below the perfect score. Um, then the natural human reaction is, how do I make it better? Right. And then Credit Karma gives you a path to improve your credit score. So we we took that, uh, when we ideated around the whole, the whole what's next in digital marketing, we actually went outside of real estate and we looked at what was, what was going on in MarTech outside the real estate space. Mm-hmm. And we noticed two things. One, automation. And two, analytics. Those two things are heavy-duty pieces of the MarTech um, evolution, which is a $500 billion industry outside of real estate. Wow. Uh, and so we, we said, how can we bring automation and analytics into real estate marketing? And so uh, we, we take that, we combine it with this idea of Credit Karma, which is that um, people like a score. And so you come in to the application and Sphere Index is a way for an agent to figure out how they're performing in their digital marketing through an analytics platform that measures, um, we ask them for their their Google profile and their Facebook and Instagram and YouTube and, and Twitter and, uh, um, uh, and, and a couple of others, uh, Zillow. And then we have a, uh, an algorithm that we take all that data that we get from those sites, we run it through an algorithm, we come up with a score. And, and that's what we call our sphere index score. And it's on a scale of zero to 100. Um, the, the neat thing about it is that, you know, as, as opposed to the Credit Karma scoring system, which is the zero to 850 identified credit score, everybody knows it's zero to 850, yeah. there is no agreed um, scoring system for digital marketing. So mm. if I said, hey, Bill, you're a 55, you're going to go, well, that what does that mean? Good. That doesn't it sound good. That, well, it, and it, well, whether it's good or bad, it, it's, it's really, there's no context to it. Right. So, right. so what we've done is we've created a thing called the local pro benchmark. Mm. And for example, in, in Denver and in Huntsville, 
we surveyed, we took the top 5% of agents in those two um, environments. These are people that are doing business, right? Yep. Top 5% based on volume. We ran them all through the algorithm and we came up with a benchmark score that representing the marketing activities and presence of that top for 5%. So in Denver, it's 71 in Huntsville, it's 69. Okay. So now when I say to you, Bill, if you're a Denver real estate agent, you're 55 and the benchmark of, of the agents that are in the top 5% is 71, hopefully you're gonna come from that saying, well, I'm not terrible, but I got I got some work to do to be like them, right? And then what Sphere Builder does is Sphere Builder takes you through, takes you through a prescriptive process to say, okay, um, how can you improve? What social channels should you be on? How should you be posting? We have a, a content generation platform, both for listing content and for non-listing content. We create easy sharing mechanisms, um, both in organic and through a paid ads platform. So it's designed to be an all-in-one analy analytics tool to tell you where you are, right, compared to the top producers in your industry. And then a pathway to go down what we call this digital marketing journey. Because marketing is not a 30-day diet. It's not a 90-day lead gen program. It is a consistent um, process over time yep. to build your presence in whatever you're trying to market. And we talk a lot about the difference between lead gen and marketing. They're both important, but they're different. And, and we give agents something they've never had before, which is insight into how they're actually performing today, and then a pathway to go carry on this journey over time to be a better marketer and, and to facilitate lead gen uh, in that context. I mean, to really assign a metric to marketing, is, is, it's a big deal. <laughs> because there are a lot of a lot of leaders even uh, in industry right. that just say, well, I don't even know what that's doing for me, right? You're basically saying we can tell. We now yes. have a way to identify what works. Yeah. Um, if you ask an agent, you know, again, uh, and I love agents who listen to this, ask yourself, how how well is your digital marketing performing? Yeah. And and they'll go, well, I got 100 followers. Uh, I got 10 likes on the last post. Uh, I got a lead last month. Like Those are all interesting anecdotal pieces of information. But what we've built is a comprehensive uh, proprietary algorithm that looks at all of that and and manages and and assigns weighting to all of that brings it into a score it's not subjective right we apply the same data algorithm to everybody and we're not in the back room saying well we like the we like the colors of this agent's you know social chat we don't do any of that stuff so everybody gets measured on the same plane and then compared to um, this scenario where when the interesting thing, and we're, we're looking at a lot of data, and um, which is, is super interesting. And what we found already, Bill, is that there is a correlation between certain digital marketing activities and production. Hmm. And, and we, we think that over time, we're going to be able to show even tighter correlations between certain activities and production. And maybe eventually, and this is this is this would be Nirvana, and and not saying we're going to get there, but you know, our North Star would be able to actually say, if you do the this this and this, you will generate more deals mm -hmm. and show a causation relationship between the data and production. That may be far fetched, right? But we'll see. Yeah. 
Well, you, you, you know, you, you talked about the industry paper you just released and you did some case studies on, on top producing agents. So these would be the ones that would be the top 5%. They know what they're yes. doing. Yes. Um, first of all, let's talk about what you discovered there about their digital sphere of influences. And then it, are there, there has to be commonalities amongst them. I mean, they might do it differently, but there, are there some commonalities that, you know, that, you, that they all, I guess, traits or yeah, yes. things yeah. they all so, have, and, yeah. and you know them. Um, Nikki, we mentioned yeah. Stacy Staub. You've had on your show yep. Brad Allen. You've had on your show yep. and Pinky Menson. You've had on your yes, show. I have. So, 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 so you know all these folks, and and they're there for a reason, right? Yep. They're really good at what they do. So the two things I'm going to say that that I took from the paper um, is one, they all did it differently. Hmm. So they were all looking at different. Um, Brad Allen was was um, heavy YouTube. Um, uh, Stacy Staub heavy Instagram. Yep. Okay, so. Uh, they're, uh, they, they all have picked their sort of platform of choice. Not that they don't belong in others, but, but it's where they sort of are really comfortable. Um, and, and second, their approach is to be authentic. They're not trying to be anybody else but themselves, yep. right? Yep. And third, and this is the most important thing, I think, is they're consistent. That it's this is not something they go well we'll we'll, we'll do a little bit next month or the, you know last month and and then we'll kind of take a break and they this is something that they they weave into the DNA of their organization yeah. of their business right and so those three things pick a lane that works for you be authentic in how you present yourself and and be consistent over time and there's no magic in it, no. but the the challenge is that most agents aren't willing to do those things. That's you know so so what we hope with Sphere Builders we give them a an application that makes it easier to do those things, but you still got to do them. Yeah. By the way, we'll have a, a link in the show notes for this one. If you go to SphereBuilder.io, I think right, uh, you have access to the uh, to that industry paper. It's free. Go get it. Uh, it's, it's super interesting, um, and it's not like a one or two page paper. It's it's in depth. It's very cool. Um, let you talk about the agents and and, and maybe, maybe having a way to kind of take their digital sphere of influence to a better place. But uh, we like to say in Australia that I don't have the accent, but I'm going to just say this: the agent, <laughs> agents are time poor and sometimes not too tech savvy. <laughs> so, uh-huh. so how how hard is it for the agent to to kind of follow the prescription? I guess we're going to say right to help them. Yeah. Out. Is it, we, we, we don't, um, so we, we bring automation in, right? Yeah. We, we don't want agents spending a lot of time in our application. Yeah. We want them to come in, get what they need to get done, done. It's very easy. Um, it, it doesn't take a lot of sophistication at all. Yeah. Um, we, we build things from a, um, we're always trying to say, it's, it, you know, if, if, it, if, it, if there's any way to make it more simplistic, we want to. Yeah. Um, agents need to be spending time belly to belly with, with people that are, are uh, potential referral sources and and buyers and sellers. They they don't need to be spending time in technology. However, they need to leverage technology. Yeah. And and so our whole ethos is to make it easy, um, both through the interface and through automation, so that they're um, they're able to come in um, very quickly. Like from the time an agent sends a listing to the MLS to the time that they could actually get that listing. Uh, a listing video published on their Facebook platform literally is five minutes hmm. because of automation. Yeah. Um, and, and so uh, it, but it does take some, some time boxing to say, okay, 
I'm going to spend this next 15 minutes doing my digital marketing for the day and then I'm done, right? I'm going to do something else. But you can get everything you need to get done in 15 minutes if you are disciplined and consistent and all that. Yeah. Um, yeah. The other thing I want to I want to suggest is that we're also finding that um, we just inked our first deal with a large brokerage company who are going to, is going to bring Sir Builder to their entire brokerage company. And they are super excited because um, this is an amazing productivity tool. Um, they're for the very first time going to get insight on every one of their agents' digital marketing um, presence yep. through our scoring mechanism and the data we provide. And, and they're going to be able to help their agents um, become better marketers to help them become better producers and generate more real estate deals um, in, a, in a time when certainly every agent is is struggling with with deal flow right now. It's it's yeah. a time when with productivity is is at a very high level, um, and we're going to be able to provide this brokerage company and other brokerage companies with data insights into their entire agent um, uh, body that they've never had before, which is super exciting. Yeah, that is great. I think uh, yeah, the the accountability factor coming coming uh, up 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 big and strong. Uh, boy, I, I hear you say simplistic and it, I'm going to a shameless plug for rate my agent. It's the same thing we're trying to do. How do you make the process of getting that review as easy as possible? Less, yes. l- as little friction, uh, as, as we can, <laughs> as we can build. Uh, so I think that's great. I think that's obviously the, I think that's a key to success. Well, and, and one of the things when you go in the application, there is a reputation section. So we, we segment digital marketing in three, three sub segments, mm-hmm. one profiles, Two content and engagement, three re- reputation ratings, right? And by the way, we'd we'd love to partner with Rate My Agent because um, there's a wonderful opportunity for the content that you, it's automation that you're trying to do, and this it's amazing how many agents don't see the power of ratings and reviews. Yep. It is absolutely amazing. Just like we're finding out, and again, this is brokerage companies love this because they can now say, hey, look at done for rate my agent because this is this is important consumers look for this stuff same sort of um data we're getting back the number of agents that actually have a google business profile is mind-bogglingly low Brutal. right yeah. and and now we can we can identify that so uh i'm hopeful that that pretty soon we're going to see a, a rate my agents fear builder partnership we're going to be talking probably right after we record this. <laughs> um, let's. I'm going to ask you an, an, a question. You're you you are getting MLS data. You've you've yes. worked in that world. You know a lot of people. You're probably see MLS, and you are probably a Reso guy. You know all this stuff. It's um, how <laughs> I would say it's the toughest thing I have to do is working with MLSs. I'm going to put yeah. that out there. Uh, how are you going with it? Uh, so, um, yes, I, I have this, this background, um, uh, in MLSs. I know a lot of people in the industry and, and it's hard for us as well. Um, uh, I, I, you know, being an MLS executive is a tough job these days. Uh, so I don't, I, they, they, they have a tough job. Um, and, and they, they've got a tough environment to, to, to work in. Um, the way we've come at this is, um, uh, and and people are listening, which is good, right? Yep. Um, uh, is that the MLS value proposition is under attack? It, you know, it doesn't take anybody super smart um, if you're paying attention to know that there's some things coming down the pathway with some of these little class action lawsuits that could really undermine the historical uh, way that MLSs have operated. Yep. 
Um, and and so our our pitch to MLS is, is broaden your your thought process about the value proposition you want to provide to your agents. Um, and when you do broaden that, you start seeing opportunities to be helpful to them in ways that you maybe hadn't been helpful before. And while you know marketing may not have been high on your list, if you ask agents, they will tell you it's high on their list, right? right. And a lot of brokerage companies either don't have the the means or the the resources or whatever to provide it. And so you can step in and, and be that value provider. And you know, um, they're they're starting to understand that, which is which is great. On the other hand. You know, um, MLSs, uh, they, they don't work real fast. <laughs> um, and so uh, there's, you know, it's um, uh, the sales cycle, as you, as you call it, is, is long. Yeah. But I am, I am seeing more people that are willing to engage in the conversation, see the value proposition and, uh, and all that. Yeah. Yeah. The time between board meetings is not, <clears throat> it's not oh. weekly or monthly. <laughs> It's usually quarterly. <laughs> um, no, it, it's it's been it's been a learning experience for me. You know, I came out of the title space, uh, so it's been you know it, obviously it is what it is. I'm going to say that, and uh, we continue forward down that path. One more question before I I, I ask you the final question. Everybody's answered, yeah. and looking long term. So I know you're you're focused really hard on sphere sphere builder right now. I'm just going to guess, Russ, that you know you're already thinking about. Uh, a step or two down the road. Is there is there something you can even talk about? I, I don't want you to give away any secrets, but what are you thinking? We want to be um, the data, the marketing data source for the industry. Um, at the end of the day, um, we we think that there is tremendous power through data, and and there's a black box going on right now in the industry around marketing data, and we we've seen. Um, some companies outside of real estate that are doing quite well in that role of being a data provider around marketing analytics. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and that's smart marketing. Real estate's always going to be a marketing related business. That's what it is, right? Yep. All the data sort of insights to date have been around property data, right? Which is important. I mean, mm-hmm. and, and that needs to continue, but but there's this this really missing component, and we have um, what we see is available in the data, and then the emergence of AI. Um, uh, and I'm not talking about you know uh, some of the the low hanging stuff that we see about you know yeah. automated property descriptions. I'm right. talking about really hardcore models that can that can analyze um, activities, and uh, and and again. For us, this this Nirvana, if, if we had an application today through data acquisition analysis and AI that could tell real estate agents, do these following things and you will you, you will generate transactions, um, that's a pretty significant piece of technology. And um, not saying we can never get there, but but that's that's our road. I love it. I love it. Um, I thanks for your time today, Russ. I, I went way over, but let's let's wrap up with this last question. That is uh, same one I, think I mentioned earlier. It's it's the same question I've asked every guest. Uh, what one piece of advice would you give a new agent just getting started? Gosh, um, one piece of advice. That's hard for me. Um, so I I guess I would say in today's world, um, find a mentor, a team leader, um, somebody that 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 you 
connect with um, not just in 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 their business, but from a human standpoint um, and and learn everything that you possibly can from them, even if if you're sacrificing some revenue opportunities and taking a lower split and all that. Um, I think today's world, it is super hard for somebody to come in off the streets and not that it can't be done uh, and carve a big business. And I think there are some really wonderful people out there that are willing to be those mentors um, that are willing to teach and 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 uh, bring people along. Find one of those people that that you connect with, um, and that will. Um, it may seem slow at the beginning, but it will, I think, over time, be the best decision you've ever made. If someone wants to reach out to you, what's the best way for them to do that? Uh, well, they can go to hello at spherebuilder.io um, and send us a, a note. Uh, they can also, you know, my email address is uh, russ, R-U-S-S dot cofano, C-O-F-A-N-O at collabratechnology.com. They can send me a note. Um, if you can find me in, in you know, LinkedIn and other places, um, love to talk to people. Um, we're not nationwide yet, um, but our, the plan is is uh, before the end of the year that we will be available to everybody across the country. Uh, and, you know, I really appreciate the time, Bill. It's been great. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm sad that we took so long for us to connect, but I'm glad that we did. Yeah. Russ, thanks. Thanks for your time today. It, it really is a great story and I'm excited to see you succeed. Uh, and and hopefully there's something we can be doing. So uh, it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. Thank you. Thank Looking you. Forward to it. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Real Estate Sessions. Please head over to ratethispodcast.com forward slash re sessions to leave a review or a rating and subscribe to the Real Estate Sessions podcast at your favorite podcast listening app.